0: Spywatch, the novel A look and read book By Derek Farmer nine. The secret quarry. Mary followed Granger through the woods until he stopped at a place where a narrow track led off the lane. He signalled with his torch. Headlamps flashed back at him. The headlamps started to move down the lane towards Granger. Granger walked down the track. As the headlamps got nearer, Mary could see that it was a lorry. The lorry turned onto the track and slowly followed Granger out of sight. Mary decided it was time to get back to Westbourne Hall. She would have to wait to find out where the track led. The next day, Polly, Norman and Dennis made their way through the woods towards the Westbourne Hall hideout. They were after the pilot's papers. But as they got near, they heard a loud hammering. They were in for a shock. It was Luigi. He had almost finished boarding up the entrance to the greenhouse. Luigi! Dennis yelled. The Italian stopped hammering and turned in surprise. A broad smile spread across his face. Hey! What you do here, huh? he grinned. Not what are we doing, said Norman. What are you doing? Luigi pulled a face. This a granger. He say stop up the door so nobody get in. Dennis ran forward. But we've got to get in, Luigi. We've left something in there. Luigi shook his head. No, no, see. All stopped up. Too late. Now go. Please, you go. Granger, come back. Big trouble for you. Suddenly, Mary appeared down the side of the greenhouse. He's right. Granger's on his way now, she said. Come with me. I've got something to show you. Mary led the way back to the track that the lorry had driven along. On the way, she told them about the things she'd seen the night before, then about the things she found in Granger's bedroom. So there was definitely no wireless transmitter. Norman couldn't hide his disappointment. Just cigarettes and things, Mary told him. The the wireless could be in somewhere else, though. Dennis pointed out. Never mind that now, said Polly. Look at this. The track had come to a stop at an old quarry. Barbed wire was stretched out across the entrance and the signs read, Danger, keep out. And no entry. I think they want to keep us out, grinned Dennis. Too bad, said Norman and he ducked under the wire. We're going in. There were tyre marks and footprints all over the floor of the quarry. Proves that somebody's been here, said Norman. But Dennis had found something much more interesting. In the corner of the quarry, a tunnel led up to the rock. Got the torch? asked Norman. Dennis reached into his pocket and pulled it out. Norman turned to Polly and Mary. You two keep a lookout, he told them. If anybody comes, whistle. I can't whistle, said Polly. I can, said Mary. She pushed her fingers into her mouth and gave an ear-splitting blast. My father said it's common, she grinned. That's why I do it. Norman and Dennis looked into the tunnel. It was very dark. Dennis passed the torch to Norman. You go first, he said. After a couple of minutes, they were in almost total darkness. There was no light in front or behind, just the weak beam of the torch. They stumbled on uphill for what seemed like miles. They were getting nowhere. Then suddenly, without warning, the tunnel opened out and they found themselves in a brick-lined cellar. Norman looked around. In one corner there were piles of boxes. Where are we? hissed Dennis. Norman was mystified, but then he realised. Dennis! he said. You know where I think we are? Under Westbourne Hall. Dennis's eyes grew wide with fright. Oh no! he gasped. What if Granger catches us? They had to get away as quickly as possible. But the torch battery was getting low and neither of them wanted to go back through the tunnel without it. Then Norman spotted slivers of daylight. There was a door. This way, he told Dennis. They were in luck. The key was in the lock. Norman turned it and opened the door. Light flooded in. They were at the bottom of a flight of stairs leading up to ground level. Dennis closed the door whilst Norman checked there was nobody around. All right, he called back to Dennis, but Norman had spoken too soon. Granger's voice echoed across the yard. Get away from those steps! He was striding towards them. He had a heavy walking stick in his hand. He stopped at the top of the flight of stairs, looking down at them. I thought I'd told you to stay off my land, he barked. There was a look of pure hatred on his face. I think it's about time I taught you two a lesson. He raised his stick in the air to strike it down at Norman and Dennis but before he could do it, somebody grabbed his wrist. It was Luigi. Granger was taken completely by surprise. He was even more shocked when Luigi twisted the stick out of his grip. What do you think you're up to, Balzoni? Granger gasped. Luigi said nothing, just broke the stick across his thigh and threw the two halves onto the ground. You go on now, please, he told Dennis and Norman. The two boys inched past Granger. You're going to wish you hadn't done this, you know, Granger said, staring at Luigi. He then turned to Norman and Dennis. And you two, he snapped. Get out of here now! Norman and Dennis raced through the woods back to Polly and Mary. The two girls listened in amazement to the news about the tunnel and the escape from Granger. "'We've just got to find out what's going on down there,' said Norman finally. Mary nodded. "'Next time there's a lorry,' she said, "'I'll follow it and see what they do.' "'It was a good idea, but very dangerous.' "'You can't do it on your own,' Norman insisted. "'No,' Polly agreed. "'Come for us first.' Throw dirt at the bedroom window. All right, Mary smiled. I'd better go. I've been away too long. Mary had never looked happier. This is getting exciting, isn't it? She said. as She hurried away. But a strange thing was happening. As Mary was getting more and more confident, Norman was starting to worry. What Dennis said later, made him worry even more. They could be taking lorry loads of guns down there, he suggested as they sat in the barn, building up supplies for parachutists. Guns, said Polly. Do you think so? (gasps) Or explosives? Norman knew then they were getting out of their depth. If this was to do with guns and explosives, then they had to tell somebody. But who? said Dennis. Nobody believe us. Somebody might, said Norman. There was only one person they could trust to listen to their suspicions. Mike Johnson. Mike listened carefully as they told him all about Granger and Belling and the lorries in the night. At the end, he gave a low whistle. You know, he admitted, this is all pretty hard to believe. I mean, Mr. Granger is like the big man round here. You gotta have proof before you go grabbing hold of a guy and accusing him of being a spy. But we've got proof, Polly insisted. Not that he's a spy, Mike pointed out. Sure sounds like he's up to something, but I don't know what. Norman's heart sank. You're not going to do anything then? Hold on, Mike told him. Did I say that? Maybe we can't touch Granger yet, but Vivian Belling is different. She's a stranger around here, asking questions. Taking photographs, speaking German, Polly added. Mike nodded. I'd say that lady has one or two questions to answer, and if she ties in with Granger, we'll have him as well. Polly, Norman, and Dennis gave a shout of excitement, but Mike stopped them. Now, you guys listen, he warned. From now on, leave this to me. Don't do anything else. Until I get back to you. Promise? They promised. But it was a promise that was hard to keep. Especially a couple of days later when Mr Jenkins pedaled madly into the yard with the latest news. The police have got Luigi, he told Amy. Luigi! Amy could not believe her ears. Whatever for? Stealing, Jenkins told her. Mr Granger said he's been stealing from Westbourne Hall. That's a lie, Amy insisted. Luigi would never do that. Dennis was even more angry than Amy. It's Granger, he told the others. And he'd get Luigi. Now he's done it, we've got to do something. No, said Norman. We promised Mike we'd leave it to him. Dennis was disgusted. Mike! We don't even know if he's doing anything! But Dennis had no need to worry, because at that moment Mike Johnson and two American soldiers were waiting outside a telephone box in the village. Inside the box, Vivian Belling was speaking urgently into the mouthpiece. The message is, I have all the information, including photographs. Be ready for action any time. She looked pleased with herself as she put the phone down. She wasn't so pleased when she turned around and found three soldiers waiting outside. At Westbourne Hall, the telephone rang. Granger picked it up. He listened for a moment. A look of panic spread across his face. What do you think you're doing phoning me? he snapped. There was a brief pause. I don't care what's cropped up, he said, and tonight's out of the question. His face was glowing red with anger. That's your problem, he shouted into the mouthpiece. I've told you we can't. But the line had gone dead. He turned to Millington in despair. It's tonight, he said. Outside the door, Mary had heard everything. She grinned to herself. Things were definitely on the move. At Wells Farm, Norman, Dennis and Polly were waiting. It was as though everything had come to a stop. They couldn't do anything until they heard from Mike Johnson. And Mike seemed to be taking forever. Then suddenly, his Jeep was roaring up to the gate. As soon as the children saw the look on Mike's face, they knew something was wrong. Did you get her? Polly asked. What's happened? Mike took a deep breath. Look, guys, he told them. This is not going to be easy for you. You're just going to have to trust me, okay? There was an uneasy silence. Polly, Norman and Dennis did not know what to expect. And what came next was as bad as could be. Forget about spies, said Mike. Forget about Vivian Belling. Forget about Granger. Keep well away from Westbourne Hall. Norman was amazed. He couldn't believe what he was hearing. What do you mean? he said. Just take my word, said Mike. And that's what you have to do. And listen. This is an order. It was the biggest blow yet. Hopes had been so high. Now it looks like Mike had deserted them. They went to bed that night in a state of shock. They couldn't think what to do next. They didn't have to wait long before that problem was solved for them. It was hardly dark when a handful of gravel clattered against the window. It was Mary. "'Come on!' she called up to them. "'It's now!'